Thank you, Pastor Jabe. Beautiful prayer. Um, before his prayer, he talked about his cats. So, of course, I have to talk about my cat. Um, I've taught my cat that if I lean forward and go, he'll lean his head forward and allow me to kiss the top of his little head. So my cat shows affection by headbutting me because that's what he has to do when I want to show him affection. So my cat shows love by headbutting me. <laughs> Our scripture for this morning is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. It reads, No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever had a moment where you were sitting around with a group of family or friends and someone had a question no one knew the answer to? Maybe it was something like, where's the nearest spot for Taco Tuesday? How many ounces are in a cup again? Is it safe for dogs to eat bananas? There might be some debate, some back and forth about the answer until someone pulls out their phone and says, I'll Google it. Google was actually created as part of a PhD dissertation in the 90s. And since then, it's become synonymous with finding the right answer. It's become the most used search engine on the internet. It's like a never-ending digital library. Today, we begin a new sermon series we're calling Google It, because Google certainly has answers, but they might not always be the right answer or even the only answer. In this sermon series, we'll see how Google lines up with scripture on a number of topics. Like, if you Google the word love, you get millions of search results in less than a second. Those results are things like dictionary definitions, or celebrity love triangles, or the top 10 romantic comedies you should watch on Netflix this weekend. When you Google the word love, you learn that love is defined as an intense feeling of deep affection, or a great interest and pleasure in something. For example, I know many of you like basketball, but you love golf. I like journaling, but I love reading. Toby Keith has a song about how he likes his truck and he likes his girlfriend, but he loves his favorite bar. We also mean love differently when we say it in different ways. You don't love your kids like you love ice cream. Pop culture would tell you that love can be shallow, Reality show contestants profess their love after 24 hours. Or it's conditional. I love you as long as you're doing something good for me. Or love is made to look easy. 
We see people posting only the best moments on Facebook and Instagram, tricking us into thinking we should be loving every single minute of life too. We also see a lack of love in the world, unfortunately. We might feel most loved when someone spends quality time with us and resent people who express love by giving a gift. Or maybe we're the ones who want to show someone we love them, but we don't take the time to understand the way that they feel most loved. People bash what they hate louder than they promote what they love. Or maybe we don't feel hate, but we're so overwhelmed by the negative news and pain in the world, we start to feel nothing at all. We're indifferent to people's needs unless they are in our immediate circle. Politicians and business managers and even religious leaders can be corrupted by power and they forget to lead with love. No matter how we define it, there's a lack of love in the world. There was a lack of love in Jesus' day too. The Jewish people faced occupation by the Romans. The sick and poor widowed and orphaned, were not looked after as God had commanded. Instead, they were essentially cast out of society. Jews and Samaritans held contempt for each other over Samaritans marrying Assyrians. Even Jesus himself suffered from some consequences of there being a lack of love in the world. Those same consequences are still in our world today. For example, Jesus was homeless he was betrayed by one of his closest friends. He felt anger when he saw money changers taking advantage of temple goers. He felt sorrow and grief when his friend died. He was tempted in the desert to put his own power and control over God's plan. And he felt emotional and physical pain when he was arrested and tortured and crucified. Maybe that was why Jesus took on flesh when he did. Maybe at that particular time in history, the world needed love and light, grace and truth more than ever. Love came down, became one of us, and traveled near and far to show God's love to anyone who would see it, proclaim it to anyone who would listen. Jesus loved people with all he said and did. In every loaf of bread multiplied, in every disease healed, Jesus is declaring God's concern and compassion are for everyone. With every poetic sermon or confusing parable, Jesus is announcing the kingdom of God, of love, is here. I'm telling everyone about it. Won't you join me? A guest speaker was talking to a youth group about God's love for us. He said, there are people in this world I would die for. My family? Oh, I would die for them in a heartbeat if the choice was between one of them dying or my dying. There are people I love and for whom I would sacrifice myself. If someone were to come in here tonight and take this group hostage and say, the only way we're going to let these kids out of here alive is if we take you instead, you know what? I love God. I know that I'm saved. I've lived a good life. So I might even do that. There are a lot of people for whom I would die. He paused, looked around the room, let the moment build. But there is no one I would give my son for. 
This story is from over 30 years ago, so it wasn't told this way for the shock value of recent news, but it does resonate. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. This is a love that sacrifices everything. This is a love that moves towards us before we ever move ourselves. This is a love that will not let you go, no matter how badly you've messed up, no matter how many times people have let you down, no matter how uncertain you are about tomorrow. God gave the Son to show us how to live out love and peace and justice, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and have hope in the face of despair. Jesus shows us God's love in his life and in his death, in living a perfect life, dying and being raised again, Jesus defeats the powers sin and death have in the world. God gives the world Jesus so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. When we put our faith in Jesus, we have eternal life. And our, our first instinct might be to think of this as heaven. And we certainly do have a beautiful life with God after this one when we die. But our faith is even more abundant, even more beautiful than that. You can see it in people who shine God's deep faith and great love. We have modern-day prophets who speak of God's hope and salvation in the face of oppression. Their lives have an eternal life quality because their lives overflow with the love of God here and now. This world we are in can be such a mess, but it is never too far gone to be redeemed by God's love. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. All we have to do is embrace God's love. We know John Wesley as the founder of the United Methodists, but his brother Charles also did great work for the movement. Charles was a musician, a poet, a songwriter, and a lot of our hymns we have in the United Methodist Hymnal are by Charles Wesley. One of them is called Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. It starts like this. Love divine, all loves excelling. Joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling. All thy faithful mercies crown. This hymn is written as a prayer of praise and adoration, asking God to dwell within us. And the final stanza goes, Finish then thy new creation, true and spotless let us be. Let us see thy great salvation, perfectly restored in thee. So not only are we praising God for God's amazing love, we're asking God to transform us, to make us more holy, to make us perfect. That's what love can do when we embrace the love given to us. God's heart was so full of love for us, God gave their one and only son. And that leads me to ask, what are our hearts full of? Are they filled with the love of God, with grace and truth and peace and patience and joy? Or is there some anger or resentment, some hurt or bitterness you're holding on to. In another hymn, the Lord declares, I will break their hearts of stone 
Give them hearts for love alone. If your heart is hurting or broken or hardened by all the pain that's in this world, know that it can be full of love again. And when our hearts are full of love, there's no telling what we can do for the world. It doesn't have to be extravagant, and it probably won't change the whole world overnight. A woman named April was kneeling on the floor holding a long green sock. A few days earlier, her husband had had knee replacement surgery, so it was her job to change the special compression socks recommended by the hospital. They both found this to be quite an ordeal. The socks were not stretchy, and they were difficult to maneuver over the heel, and she was afraid her clumsy attempts would cause him even more pain. Yet somehow, they found themselves laughing at the absurdity as they pulled and smoothed and sweated, feeling helpless, but also brought close together. April had a strange sense of Jesus kneeling beside her, cradling that vulnerable foot, maneuvering the sock gently upward. He seemed to say to her, this is love lavished on what is hurting, soiled, and lost. This is my love for you to give. As she felt her husband's trust in her, she realized how vulnerable the love of Jesus makes us, exposing our embarrassment and awkwardness, yet giving a real insight into the sacrificial love of God. Jesus asks us to do as he did, not necessarily in washing feet, but in humbly and patiently caring for one another in whatever ways are needed. It's not easy, but this kind of love lies at the heart of being followers of Jesus. St. Augustine thought of the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as lover, beloved, and love. When we think about God, we're learning the ways of love. When we love, we are becoming more and more like our good and loving God. When we're connected to the deep love God has for us, we're able to more generously love one another. And when we love one another, our love for God grows too. Caring for others is important, but letting someone care for you can be an act of love too. When we hear from the caregivers and care receivers of Stephen Ministry, that's a love that goes both ways. Many people hold back from asking for help because they don't want to be a burden or they think someone else must have it worse. But when someone has the gift of listening or cooking meals or writing cards or prayer, it's a gift to allow them to love you in that way. When I was little, I received a card that had John 3.16 written on it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have everlasting life. But instead of the world, the card had put in my name. For God so loved Katie, he gave his only son. God does love the whole world, but he also loves each of us in our particularity. God loves you, and there is nothing you can do about it. Google can answer a lot of our questions, can define a lot of things, but it can't define God's love for you. Nothing in heaven or on earth 
high or low, today or tomorrow, can ever separate us from the love of God. That is the heart of this message, and that's the heart of the gospel. God has always loved you, and always will. Let us pray. Holy God, we give you thanks for your steadfast and abundant love. We pray that we would receive it, that you would fill our hearts, and that as we go from this place, we wouldn't keep that love to ourselves. I pray that we would depart in service and in love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.